Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,162. You really need to be in the moment and pay attention to what's going on around you so you can see when you can take advantage of an opportunity and make your life better or someone else's life better. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tom Gertz. Hey, Tom, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to give you the best lap I can. All right, that sounds great. Tom Gertz is the CEO at SecondCar.com, an online auction site, a buy-it-now sales site, and a blog for track events, DIY tips, and lots of cool car stories. Along with his business partners, Scott and Andy, Tom is a lifelong automotive enthusiast who's turned that passion into a business. Tom's father was racing a Fiat Abarth Monza at the Sebring 12 hour, I should say, when Tom was still in the womb. In 1961, his mom was there before he was born. That's a pretty cool side story. Today, Tom races sports cars from the 1960s, the 70s, and the 80s, and he runs a 64 Saab 96, a 74 Porsche 914, and an 84 Porsche 944. You'll find him on any weekend in the CVAR Vintage Series, WRL 24 Hour of Lemons. We've had some of those guys on the show. Rally Crossing, Auto Crossing, and at Porsche Club of America events, where he is the PCA GTG coordinator for the Lone Star region. Tom, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles and racing? Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate that, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I've been a car guy, I think, most of my life, like most people. Um, as you said, my father raced early in the 50s and 60s, and my mom was definitely part of that. She used to grind valves and lap valves in the garage, and she drove wow. the, drove the uh, tow vehicles all across the country. So I got to be involved in a lot of that at an early age. So that kind of has helped shape me into all the car love and history that I have today. No doubt. You have a very cool mom. That is pretty neat. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success and your passion for cars. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Tom, take the wheel. Yeah, I think one of the things that that I heard early on from my dad, not necessarily related to cars, but just to recognize opportunities that a lot of people don't recognize an opportunity when it presents itself to them and that you really need to be in the moment, paying attention to what's going on around you and to recognize when you have an opportunity to start a new business, which I've done many times, or if it's an opportunity within a business that you currently work at, you really need to be in the moment and pay attention to what's going on around you so you can see when you can take advantage of an opportunity and make your life better or someone else's life better. You know, the golden nugget that you dropped there was paying attention and listening. And so many people are somewhat passive listeners. They don't really listen. And of course, this day and age with these darn smartphones in everybody's hands, you'll be standing there talking to somebody while they're texting or looking at their texts or looking at Facebook. And you're thinking, is this guy even paying attention to what I'm saying? Is that the great takeaway for you here that has provided you with the ability to notice things when they come along these opportunities? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, being in the moment and, and being involved with what's going around you right then will really help take you a lot of places. Absolutely. Well, let's go back in time. Now, we touched on this in your intro. I like to ask my guests for a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Growing up in a family where your mom was, I mean, grinding valves and and towing race cars and your dad was driving when you were little, no doubt had an influence on you. But a lot of people kind of steer away from something that their parents are focused on because, well, they want to be their own person. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that, like your folks, you were indeed going to be a car? Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, I didn't go into racing right away when I was younger at all. My father didn't push me in that in that direction at all. So I really didn't get into racing in, until my adult years when uh, my kids were kind of grown and gone and I had some spare time and, and some spare money to do that with. But I think I always knew I was a car guy because I would I would always go back and talk to my dad and ask him, hey, tell me about when you were racing with, you know, with Dan Gurney and tell me when you were working at the shop with Carol Shelby. And I would get little bits and pieces. He was never the kind of guy that would talk about that stuff. But through the years, I would learn more and more of the stories that he had and when he was racing with the SCCA and those guys. And that really helped keep my interest going all those years and to get me to the place where I am now, where I try and get out and race, you know, once a month or so, and really get now get more involved in that. What was that age where you realized, okay, here I am, like dad, I am, this is it, I'm into cars. About how old were you? Uh, well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I was in my, you know, late teens, of course, probably like everyone else when I really enjoyed cars. One of my first cars was a 1977 280Z 2 Plus 2. I really had a lot of fun with that car, and I, and I always enjoyed cars. You know, I had a lot of Fiat 124s when I was a young youngster and, and you know, enjoyed those convertibles and working on cars and wrenching on the cars. I was definitely in my teens when I knew I was always going to have a sports car in the garage and have you know a second or a third car to have fun with, and I have done that my whole life. Very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of these roads you've been down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. These are not only painful times, but they're wonderful learning experiences if you embrace them in that way and you don't focus on the fact that you may have failed or maybe uh, bumped up against a wall somewhere. So walk us through one of those experiences and, and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in either your career, your business, or your life. Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, I've had a few of my own companies and started my own companies and, and they weren't always successful, but I would always learn from them. And when I was ready to start my next business was learn from my mistakes, keep pushing through, keep pushing through, never give up. Um, I always enjoyed, you know, being my own boss and helping other people and, and creating jobs and uh, you know, knowing that uh, sometimes you're going to fail, that's okay, because the only way you're going to get better and the only way you're going to be successful is you're going to fail a few times. So I, I take those failures and learn from them, and that's helped me become more and more successful as life's gone on. Is there one particular situation you can dig a little deeper into for us to kind of walk us through what happened perhaps and then uh, what you did specifically learn from that so that you could uh, move forward or get out of the way or get out of the hole you were digging or whatever that might be. Yeah, I mean, I we definitely had a setback uh, in my uh, 30s. Uh, I was living in Florida with my wife and my two daughters. We had moved to Florida. I had transferred there as a regional manager for a large sporting goods company. But we had our second daughter there and all the family was still back in Houston. And, and we didn't want to 
have the kids not grow up with the grandparents. So we, we I you know, gave up that job. We moved back to Houston and uh, I started working with my dad, who at the time was now had an aircraft company and, and was doing uh, working on airplanes on carbon fiber and fiberglass experimental aircraft. So I ended up working with him a little bit in his hangar, and he was also was building a an aircraft to break some world speed records. That was his, wow. own, his own design. So I was working with him there, and we were, you know, had had our own business going on, and we built this airplane, and he designed it, and we built it. And unfortunately, in the first test flight, there was an accident on landing, and he was killed. You know, that made it pretty tough, of course, to get up and go yeah. back to work. Uh, you know, at the hangar, uh, there was a business to run and there was a family to take care of. And we had customers that were counting on us. And even though that was a pretty dark day and a pretty hard hit to lose your best friend, your dad, your business partner all at the same time, yeah. um, help me understand that that life does go on. And there are people that still count on you to get things done. And it would, could have been easy for me to close the doors and say, I don't want to do this anymore and I can't take it. But uh, but I didn't. That was a time to work harder, show my kids that you keep going, that that things can go wrong, but you can make your life better out of it. And we continued to grow that business after that and and uh, and to do well. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a story. Well, my condolences for that incredible, incredibly sad day and loss. But, you know, kudos to you for for moving forward. I have a feeling the little bit here I know about your dad, this guy had a spirit of adventure, trying new things, pushing the limits, and I've got to think that there's a big smile on his face knowing that you didn't shut those doors and gave up, that you, you continued on. And I love the other part of the story here where you weren't just focusing on your own sorrow, you are focusing on your family and what their needs were. And I've learned something from people who've been through great grief and losses. I've been through loss of my dad, too. And, you know, you kind of look back and what would dad want me to do here? Just sit around and, and quit, or would he want me to continue? And we all know the answer. Yeah, absolutely. He would want you to consider. So, wow. Well, thanks, thanks for going to a really personal point in your life. But uh, kudos to you for carrying forward. And, man, what a, a special guy your dad uh, must have been, especially for doing setting speed records in airplanes and racing. I mean, that's, this is a guy who loved adventure. He had adrenaline flowing through his blood all the time, I think. Yeah, he definitely did. And I think I have, still have some of that in mind. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, that's a great a great thing that he shared with you in your life uh, to get you to go out there and push the limits a bit. And I know that's something that you do. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It sounds like with starting different businesses, you've had a bunch of these. So kind of walk us through one of these times when the headlights kind of illuminated your way for a new direction down a new path. Yeah, and that was related to the air, aircraft business uh, when I moved back. So my father wasn't in the aircraft business per se, but he was doing some custom modifications to some friends' airplanes. He was retired, but he was doing that. Other guys would come in and say, hey, can you do that to my airplane? And he didn't have time or he didn't want to do that at the time. And and I said, well, I can do that. Uh, I can do it for you. So I would do one here and do one there. And I realized, hey, wait a minute this could be a business. I'm making money here. And it's really a lot bigger than just one or two guys saying, will you help me with this? So that was my aha moment. I said, hey, wait a minute. I have a skill that people are coming to. 
that I'm doing part-time, but I can easily build this into a business uh, right here and uh, be able to control my own destiny and make my own money and make some of the decisions myself instead of being in that corporate America that I had been in before where, you know, you get in that gerbil wheel and just run and run and run and you don't get anywhere. So that was my aha moment where I realized, here's my opportunity. I'm going to seize this right now and start my own business and make my own future. You know, this goes back to what you said at the beginning about quotes and being observant and taking advantage of opportunities. There's an awesome example of that where something that was kind of just a little sidebar, all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, there's something here. I can create something. I've had a lot of guests on the show that all of a sudden, like maybe they work on friends' cars and then one night their spouse says, why don't you just like do this for a living? You seem to like it a lot more than going into the office and working for that guy, making him rich. So, ah, awesome. I love it. Well, Let's have a little bit of fun. Now, you touched on this as well a little earlier. I always like to ask my guests for their first really special car. And I emphasize special because maybe your first car was the first special car, but for some people, it's not that great of a car. It's usually whatever you can afford. But is there one car, a first special car for you, and maybe you could share a memory about that vehicle? Yeah, and it, it wasn't my that first car, that 280Z, although I love that car. But I think my first special car was a 1977 Porsche 911 had a, a been backdated to a 73 RS. I, I bought the car after the backdate had been done, but uh, just like a lot of things I do in my life, unfortunately or fortunately, I, I got the car and it was beautiful and it was perfect just the way it was. But it, but of <laughs> course I had to wait alone. a minute. It doesn't have a roll bar. <laughs> wait a minute. It doesn't yeah. have the sway bars I like. Hey, wait a minute. The, I don't like these seats. I want the race seats. Hey, wait a minute. I want six bar harness. So that was a special car because when I bought it, most people thought, oh, you just bought the perfect car. But it wasn't perfect because I needed to put my stamp on it. I needed to do I needed to put my initials on it. Yeah. And uh, so it was really special. I was be able to take what a lot of people thought was a perfect car and then do a ton more work to it to make it perfect for me. And that was my what I call the Texas RS 77 911 with the 73 back date. And that was a special car for me because I was able to really put a lot of uh, my own touches on the car. Oh, man, you take it out of my heartstrings. My regular listeners know I love early Porsches. I love all Porsches, but early Porsches. And then the RS, of course, the 73 Carrera, the Holy Grail. But I love the the backdating. I love the uh, the whole concept behind our group, kind of 911s. And you definitely went that path with your car. And the fact that you put all your own touches on it because the car had already been done. Now, it's one thing to take a perfectly restored car that's, you know, perfectly restored for that year and start to do those kind of things. Some people may say it was sacrilege, but it's your car. But I, the car had already been backdated. So I love the fact that you put all those touches on it. What was the uh, power plant in that car? Was it something special? Uh, it was a three liter CIS. So Ooh, it wasn't okay. uh, wasn't anything crazy in the back end, but it, it was a lot of fun. No doubt. Ah, sounds like. A cool car. Do you still have that car by any chance? No. As a matter of fact, um, somebody offered me more money than I thought it was worth, and I took it. Yeah, we've all done that, Tom. So don't yeah. feel bad. But that leads me to my next question, the big seller's remorse story. Is that the car, or is there another one you wish you still had in your garage? No, unfortunately, that is the car. And uh, uh, the guy that bought it from me ended up taking it back to the way it was, which kind of killed me. That's a car that I wish I hadn't sold. But it's something that's easy to rebuild and do again. So it's not like it was a you know an original car that maybe you can never find again. And you know it would be a lot more fun to do it again. So 
you know, I'm sorry I sold it, but I know I can do it again and maybe even do it better. So, that, you know, that kind of gets me excited about having another project. Absolutely. Well, speaking about projects, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about this business that you and your business partners are involved in, Second Car. Now, you guys, I I was dabbling around on your site. I saw a cool, speaking of old long hood Porsches, one that I liked, and you guys sent me a response saying, hey, see, so you're interested in this. And I thought, you know, I should have these guys on the show, and hopefully we'll get Scott and Andy on the show as well in the future. But tell me all about what Second Car is. What you guys are doing so that our listeners have an idea of why they should go there, why they should sign up, why they should be a part of uh, this very cool venture you guys are on. Yeah, absolutely. And we're having a blast doing it. So secondcar.com is an online site where we have online auctions for sports cars or anything interesting cars. Uh, We also have a buy it now section for just selling cars. And we'll have a parts section coming up soon also. And then we have a blog section and we will have a forum section coming up soon. But it's it's a site where guys can, they come to us and ask us to broker their cars in an auction format. And it's a seven to day auction format. And if the cars don't make reserve and all cars have reserve prices on them, if they don't make reserve, then we try to get a hold of the people who had looked at the car or bid on the car, which is probably where you saw that, Mark, if you were looking yep. at the 911 that yep. we still try to make a connection even after the auction is over to try and help our client get their car sold. And if nice. we can't get it sold there, we do it on the, the Buy It Now site. But it, it was a site we put together only about four months ago. I had been kind of forced into an early retirement when I went back into the corporate world in, back in the first of the year. And, and I had bought and sold Many, many cars and my two partners, but, you know, between the three of us had bought and sold hundreds of cars and I own more cars and I know what to do with today. And we said, hey, wait a minute, we're buying and selling cars all the time and we love all those sites that do that. So we can do that. I can do that. I have time. So uh, about four months ago, actually back in February, I started thinking about it and putting it together and talking to developers and looking at software and uh, after about four or five months of planning, we were able to get the site up and live and going in June. And it's been going gangbusters since. And we're having a really great time with it. And we're making a lot more friends, which is kind of what the cars is all about, just bringing friends together. And uh, we're selling cars actually all over the world already and have clients uh, all over Europe, too. Yeah, this is so exciting. I love this because uh, it's a, a pivot point in your career point. You said an early retirement, and but you're a young guy who's going to sit around and do nothing all day. And the fact that you're bringing people together, which is near and dear to me because that's what I do here at Cars, yeah. But, and I want to remind our listeners, when you go to find this, it's secondtocar.com. So it's the number two and then ndcar.com, second to car. And as I scroll through your site, like today, for instance, when we're filming or recording, I should say, this show, there's uh, some cool old MGBs, MGB GTs. There's a 92 Carrera Cup car, hmm. Ferrari. I see a Jaguar, a couple Jaguars, a Lancia Delta, a Barth Group. That's pretty cool. 914s. I mean, an old truck, a Carmen Ghia. Oh, my first sports car was a Carmen Ghia. Uh, 944 race cars. I mean, there's all sorts of different. Th- oh, that's kind of cool. Volkswagen Doka, that's 87. That's pretty unique. So there's all sorts of, and a Nash Metropolitan. You can see where this is going. All of a sudden, my afternoon is shot going through all these cars that you have uh, available here. I-, I think it's really, really cool. And I would assume, like I have, people can go and sign up. You get notices of what's new, what's coming, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, you can sign up your sign up on the email and we we don't bombard people with emails. We send maybe three a week when we get, you know, a bunch of new listings then we'll send something out. And when we have cars closing, we'll send out an email to people that are interested. So we don't bombard you with stuff. I know there's sites out there where you get an email every day. And, you know, I feel like if when I get an email every day from somebody, I get kind of complacent, don't even pay attention to it. So we only send out two or three emails a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also partner up with people, too. So the emails aren't only about the cars that are for sale. Or the cars that sold, but it's also about uh, partners that we have who do artwork and partners who have garages for rent and things like that. So, so we try and partner up with people and make it is more about uh, the whole industry and other opportunities out there, not just about us. Very cool. I love it. Well, I'll remind our listeners I'll put links on Tom's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website where you can click and go. I'd encourage you to sign up because it's really fun. That's how I got involved here with Tom and Second to Car, where you can get these emails and, of course, uh, have a cup of coffee ready because you're going to be scrolling through looking at all the stuff you didn't even know you wanted. But we're all car people, so, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff we don't know that we want <laughs> until we see it. Yep. And it shows shows up, uh, and we all wanted to have it parked in our garage as well. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Tom. If you were a vehicle, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were parked in a garage, what kind of car, truck, or motorcycle would you be and why? Well, I'm a Scandinavian background. My father immigrated from Sweden, so I've always been partial to those cars. I've got a Saab 96 that I race. and But I think if I was going to be a car, because I'm also the kind of guy that gets things done and I'm working with my hands and I'm you know, doing that kind of stuff also, I think I'd be a Volvo 850R. That wolf in sheep's clothing that uh, if you want to take it out on the track, you can. If you need to bring home a bunch of plywood, you could do that, too. Very nice. A workhorse and something that's pretty speedy and fun. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Tom, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. 
Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Tom, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Never sell a Porsche. Yeah. Where where was that advice when I sold all the Porsches I had? Oh, gosh. Oh, well, Well, maybe we know now. So we'll hang on to the ones we have. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Yeah, you just don't quit. You keep pushing and keep pushing. You just never quit. You know, the words of a racer, you are a racer at heart. I've had hundreds of race car drivers as guests here on the show. Every single one of them answered that question that same way or their inspirational quote, never give up. I love it. Do you have a resource that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, if if I'm telling somebody that you need to go somewhere to find out where to find a car, where to get information about cars, where there's a good blog, uh, where there's other partners related to cars, I'd send them to my site, secondcar.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? You know, there's, I thought about that and, you know, there's always, you know, the, you know, Juan Fangio and all those people wow, I could talk to, but as corny as it sounds, I'd want to sit down and talk to my dad because now that I'm racing more and more, we can have different conversations about racing and lines and tracks and things that we never had a chance to do when he quit racing and before I had started. So I'd love to be able to sit down and, and talk about that with him. Absolutely. Boy, I wish I could make that happen. That'd be, that would be very cool. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Well, right now I'm actually reading a book that's not even car related. Um, it's called From the Bottom Up, hmm. and it's written by a gentleman named Harold Neal. I knew Harold years and years and years ago, 30, 30 40 years ago. He was a friend, uh, the brother of a good friend of mine. He moved off and he had bought a 63-foot schooner called the Cassiopeia. And for the last 30 years, he's been uh, cruising the world in a 63-foot schooner. And he really has seen a lot and learned about the world and what people are doing to the planet. I've always been kind of the skeptic about, oh, the plastic is ruining this and, you know, oil spills and all that. And, you know, really don't pay attention to it because when we look out our front door, we don't see it. It it doesn't mean anything. But uh, he's back doing a tour in the United States for his book, The Bottom Up, from the bottom up he's doing. And he really kind of brought to light and made me understand that, that no, I can't change what's going on with the coral reefs and I can't change what's going on in another part of the world. But I can make sure that my house is straight and my street is clean and I'm doing what I can with my part of the world and I can start using, start putting my glass and plastic that I have in the reusable containers and reusing it. If I just do my part at my house 
and my neighbor does it and their neighbor does it and their neighbor does it, well, then we actually can save the world and make a difference. So we all have to know that just do what you can. And if we all do that, it'll be a better place. Oh, yeah, it's it's great. I follow a young couple from Australia that have a wonderful YouTube page called Sailing La Vagabond. And I'm not really even a sailor. I mean, if, I guess if I had a whole bunch of money and time, the, the dream or fantasy of sailing around the world sounds pretty, pretty intriguing. This young couple is doing it and they're they're getting paid to do it through uh, their YouTube page and their Patreons and all sorts of things. It's really fun. I call it my weekly C, S-E-A, escape, C, escape. Uh, but they mentioned it too. You know, they're all over the world. They've done this for five years now and they come up on these isolated atolls and beaches and there's debris and plastic and junk all over them and you just almost want to cry. There's not a lot you can do other than starting at home and teaching your kids and recycling and being a responsible citizen and thinking about the things that you throw away that you could reuse and, and trying to be a little more thoughtful and, and careful about all that. So it sounds like a great book. I'm glad you recommended that. I love it when new books are recommended. You can find this link on Tom's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type in Tom Gertz, and I'll spell his last name, G-I-E-R-T-Z, Tom Gertz, and you'll find a link to this book. And by the way, all the books recommended by my past guests, I made it really easy there. Just go to the Resources tab, the Recommended Books tab, and you'll find way over a 1,000 books, a lot of cool books to add to your library, including this one. All right, Tom, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. That's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> it should be fun. Uh, no, I didn't win the big mega lotto. I wish I had because then I could really buy all my guests their dream cars. But this little fantasy is kind of fun, but it does have a few rules to it. One is it's the only cool collector car you can have. I'm going to let you keep your race cars because those are race cars. They're separate. But you can only have this one. You've got to drive it. No garage queens here. Money is no object, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other racing tires and racing supplies with it, because I used to race cars. I know how expensive that is. So what can I buy you today? I will take a Ferrari 288 GTO, please. Oh, a nice. Oh, you picked a special Ferrari. Now, the 288 GTO, let our listeners know a little bit what makes that car so special, because that is a rather unique version of the 288. Yeah, so that was built there. Um, there was going to be a Group B circuit series that, that we're going to race. So yep. there had to be 200 cars built for a homologation, but the series really didn't come together. Everyone was arguing. Nobody could get together to get the series together. So it never happened. But Ferrari built 272 cars for the series, but, but because it never happened, you know, they never built more cars. So it's a, you know, a very rare car. What I think and what a lot of people would agree is was the first supercar that was built was, I believe, was the 288 GTO. And a lot of people will say that, but it was uh, built for Group B racing that just never happened. But, you know, when I was younger, I used to go to the Ferrari dealer and just drool over the Houston Ferrari dealer had one. That's that's the car. So when you win the lotto, I'll expect one in my driveway. Okay, I'll be happy to deliver one of those. Especially that. Well, by the time this show airs, whoever's won the big giant billion dollar lottery uh, will no doubt be buying a few new cars. Uh, sure, hope it's me or you, but uh, I guess we have to wait and see. But yeah, that's a very cool car. Uh, Two point nine liter, if I'm not right, twin turbo V eight. 
which made it kind of cool. And of course, Pininfarina designed, I believe the designer in that car, Leonardo Fioravanti, designed that car. But it's it's really noticeable with the rearview mirrors, those high-mounted rearview mirrors that come up kind of mid-window. I mean, most people look at that and go, what is with those mirrors? But you had to have it up there to look over those nice, fat rear fenders they put on that car. Yeah. So, ah, nice. What color would you like yours to be? Well, well, it has to be red. It's a Ferrari. Red. Okay. There you go. I just want to get it right. Just want to get it right when those lottery tickets come in for me so that I make sure I deliver the right car. I don't want to show up and fly yellow and have you frown or anything like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) I want to get it right for you. Oh, my goodness. Well, Tom, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that Ferrari 288 GTO? Well, just always be true to yourself. Do what you think is right. Be right to your friends and uh, always be the person that you know that everyone else can look to for help. Nicely said. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, you can go to secondcar.com and we have an About Us page and you can read more about myself and my two business partners uh, right there. There you go. And I remind you, that's the number two, ndcar.com, secondcar.com. Hey, check this out. Sign up uh, for their uh, their blog. Sign up for to receive their emails because you're going to love getting an email with a whole bunch of cool cars that are for sale in your inbox if you love cars like everybody here at Cars. Yeah, so don't worry about that. I would encourage you to check out what uh, Tom and his business partners are doing. And again, I hope I have both of them on the show soon so I can get their perspective of what these guys are up to. You can find everything we've talked about on Tom's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Tom, thanks for being so generous today with your time your expertise, and for sharing your many cool experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Fantastic. Thank you for the time, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.